Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. This is the the Wandering Sun podcast. So for anybody that doesn't know you, uh, I just want to give people a quick little rundown of who you are. So Brandon Anthony, um, you are the founder of a new nonprofit called The Dream Pact. You are an ethical engineer, an excellent communicator, um, a community leader, a dear friend, and probably one of the smartest guys I've met. And that's like legit. Um, and I think a lot of people will will see. Nah, it's legit. Um, nah. nah, it's super legit, man. And I want to. I want to. I, I, I really appreciate the compliments. I mean, honestly, humbly, I, I receive them. I want to get like right into it, man. I always love testimony. I think one of the most important things when we talk to anybody as Christians or just individuals, period, is really knowing our testimony and where we've come from. Because a lot of times we can shy away from it and paint this perfect picture of who we are now, right? Um, and so I would love to just understand, man, like, what are some of those things that you've gone on, like, that have happened in your past that have shaped, you know, uh, who you are today? Fantastic question. As I was trying to sort of just get mentally prepared for this interview, I, I was thinking to myself a lot of those exact same questions. Who am I? Um, where am I? And what is the testimony? But, you know, in reality, like we all, and I'm talking about as black Americans, we all started off as, you know, the son of slaves. Right? Mm. Um, and that was my introduction to Christianity, you know, um, is, you know, this was something that was, you know, impressed upon my ancestors, you know, shoved down their throats and, um, you know, used to keep them extremely docile um, during slavery and, you know, then the civil rights movement and uh, things of that sort. Yeah. So, you know, um, when I was born, um, you know, luckily I'm not fully just black American, you know, I'm, you know, uh, basically like first generation on you know my mom's side. I mean, and, you know, there, you know, my grandfather, he was able to impress upon us just, you know, opening our minds to a lot of different religions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even though my grandmother on my father's side is very religious, born in South Carolina, you know, church six times a week, um, I was able to, you know, expand out and, you know, learn some about, you know, uh, Islam, Buddhism, um, you know, different practices, um, and eventually, you know, find my way back to being able to say like, okay, this is going to be my understanding of Christianity and, the way that I'm going to have it work for me, uh, you know, in, you know, in my future. I, I love when, when people have um, gone through that process, you know what I'm saying of, okay, I, I've experienced this, I've experienced that. And I, you know, like when it comes to religion, right? Like for me, it was Catholic. Like I was Catholic and I, and I went through that whole process, right? Like I did the first communion and the whole thing, learn a bunch of prayers. I didn't know what even like what they meant. And yeah. then at 24, I came to encounter God personally, and um, I became a Christian, right? For you, what was it about Christianity that uh, attracted you? Honestly, nothing. Mm. What attracted me is uh, everything else in the world, you know? And then at the end, you know, God decided to present himself yeah. um, in, into a language of my understanding of Christianity, right? Yeah. But no point in time was I ever looking into Christianity. And to this day, you know, in my Christian faith, I will still say I'm most godlike when I'm practicing Ramadan, uh, which I still do every year, you know, because it's me learning how to fast and, you know, yeah. being able to 
get in touch with my own discipline and my own understanding of it. The reality of it and my understanding of Christianity is that what can attract you to the world, right? Like, would you ask a child that? What attracted you to the world when this was your purpose? Explain it. What I'm saying is God will give you a ton of different pathways so that you have a better understanding of his math problem. You know, the algorithm of what God is to you in your world, Mm -hmm. right? So God never has to present himself to me as, hey, you know, I'm saying here goes like these shiny trinkets, right? For me, God was like, nope, like try this pathway, try this pathway, try this failure, you know, try this success, you know, and at the end, you know, you're going to have to sit down with your own meditation and your own thought process and, you know, see what the purpose of it all is. And, you know, that's why I was able to string things together and like, wow, I mean, there's a common theme here, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and that is, you know, the guy that I was first um, introduced to and, you know, the way that I'm going to, um, you know, follow through with some of these principles. Looking at different religions, right? Everybody most of the time believes in a God, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Christian, whether you are in India where they have over 3 million gods, right? Deities. Um, everybody believes in a God. What makes Christianity different is Christ. When I came to Christianity, which was a, a, a year ago, I've had to, to continuously ask Jesus to reveal himself to me mm-hmm. um, because I, wanna, I don't want to be hypocritical with my love. I absolutely know that he is real. It has been proven that he's real. I know that the word of God is fallible and that is absolutely his word. And so I've asked continuously to, that I want, I, I want to know him. I want a relationship. And the best way that I can, I can shape it is, and I'm going somewhere with this. You know, oh, a lot of times people say they know Jesus. And I put myself in that category before I became born again, right? But think about your favorite artist, right? Like who, name an artist that you really enjoy. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Okay, Kendrick Lamar. Do you know Kendrick Lamar personally? No. But you know of Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. You know where he's from. I know he's right. a good kid Compton, yeah. Right. You know his music. You know little things about him, about Kendrick. Like if you if you were to have a conversation about Kendrick, you can flow oh. in it. Right. Uh-huh. You can you can talk about his viewpoints, what he believes is right. Um, you know, like because it's all in the music and we're just surrounded by it. I believe that that's the same thing with like Jesus, right? Like everybody knows of Jesus. We've heard about him. We know his viewpoint on things. We've read about him, right? Like we've heard him in music. It's probably the the character that uh, in music has been the most written about, you know? Um, but when we talk about knowing him, that's a whole different thing that people get confused with. Mm-hmm. Because you know of him doesn't mean you know him. And I didn't know that until okay. I started to meet him. And I was like, oh, I don't know you. I know of you. I know you died on the cross. I know all of these little things, right? But I don't know you. And so I'm curious, have you had any encounters with Jesus? Oh, yeah. I I mean, all the time. Like, what's crazy is like in D.C., I saw Jesus like, you know, on the corner, you know, selling African incense to feed his family, you know, and finding a way to do that legally. I saw Jesus every single, you know, Sunday morning, you know, handing out, you know, free meals on Minnesota, Avenue, you know, to make sure that other people in their neighborhood were fed, 
And that was the only way they were creating magic because they didn't have the money themselves. That bread came out of thin air by wishing and praying in the theory. Do you get my metaphor there? Yeah. Well, what what I'm getting at is that you're seeing and correct me if I'm wrong. You're seeing the Jesus in people. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Which. It's good because that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we treat everybody equally. Right. That's how we treat everybody the same. How was it with uh, with your transition as in coming into church or I know like a couple months ago, you started to um, go back to, to, to a church and we were talking about like that process. Cause at the same time, like I was starting, I think we we're in the same, we've Actually, been in the same I mean, yeah. If we keep it a buck, right? yeah. whole buck, you were the person who introduced me that Jesus was still walking on earth, you know, mm. by watching your actions. Wow. Right? In no shape or form did you ever say, hey, Brandon, bro, like, I'm not going to rock with you if you don't come to the Christianity side or anything. Right. right? It was like, oh, man, my man, Eric, who's my favorite videographer on Earth, decided to go a new path. And I'm interested in that path. Mm. Right. And then I'm watching what Eric's doing. And I'm saying, oh, man, those are the Jesus like things that I remember from when, you know, I was first, um, you know, impressed upon me with, you know, Christianity. Right. And then from there, that's when I had a chance to go to, um, you know, impact a church out here in um, Atlanta and, you know, was able to see Jesus in the pastor, you know, and it wasn't because he was telling me about his understanding of the Bible. No, it was about him telling his understanding of the history of African-Americans and how, you know, we were, you know, one of the crux, um, you know, reasons for Christianity and how it it started off as, you know, our religion being a part of it, you know. When I'm seeing that type of Jesus, you know, right here in front of me, a hundred yards away, right? That's when I started being able to say, you know what? Let me see all the different times I see him in my life. Yeah. And that's back into it. Bro, that's so good. Cause I, I do believe that that's a, an absolute fault that we're seeing in the world. We claim to be something that we really don't walk in. And we can see that like in music, right? Like you could, you could say I'm a rapper and, <laughs> and, or no, no, no. You can say you a gangster in your raps. Yeah, say and you, man, you ain't really living that life. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And I think with Christianity is, has been the same thing. A lot of people claim to be Christian and the Bible speaks against that so much. It's such a reoccurring theme. Whereas like, you are not if you are doing this or if you're acting like this, you know, and the whole thing is about being like Christ and seeing the Christ in other people. When we spoke about a week ago, no, 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 sorry, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we were on this very intense call, which we'll, we'll get to. And at the end of it, at the end of it, I asked you, I was like, hey, bro, just, just being in the spirit. I said, bro, have you given up your life to Jesus? And you hit me with something that I was actually, it actually shocked me because I knew you had been going to church and um, I knew you had been um, interested, but you, you told me no. And then that night I asked you if you wanted to give up, if you wanted to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it was no pressure. And you said, yes, we prayed. And I think something beautiful happened because even two days later, there was some Christ testimony that came with that. But how long would you say you've been walking with Christ? Would you say that was the start of it? No, I mean, I mean, if we're just going to you know, be 100% honest, no, man, yeah. 
I mean, I've been walking with Christ since I was born, you know? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that, you know, and, and this is something that I'm working to understand and, you know, hopefully, you know, more people can get it is that I am most Christ-like in my failures. You know, the things that I'm doing today are easy. I'm telling you, like, honestly, walking on water does not seem difficult, right? When you've dealt with real problems with addiction and alcoholism, right? When you're at your lowest is when you are most godlike, because that's when you're really trying. At this point, like, I've tried so hard that I'm actually in the process of doing, right? That's why things just haven't come to pass yet, because I've, I've done a lot of the trying. Like, I'm actually at the point where, like, oh, we're reaping some of the things that we've shown. But, man, my actual walk with Christ is, you know, when I was down and out, you know what I'm saying? Eight of us in the three-bedroom, right? And I stayed alive, right? You know, eight of us in a three-bedroom off prior, no hot water, no electricity, six, yeah. seven, eight months at a time, you know, and like still being able to wake up every morning with gratitude, go into a job, you know, that I'm taking showers right outside the job, you know, yeah. living, you know, sleeping on floors. And yet every day, no one is, my nickname was happy while I was homeless. Tell me about if I'm like, that's a real connection. Yeah, right? yeah. It's easy nowadays. All right. So, yeah. The journey started a long time ago. So um, what was there any difference then? The difference is the structuring of the mind around it. Right. Mm, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was like, you know, really going through things, I had no concept of what the understanding of what being godlike was. But really, when I sit down now and I have the chance to like look back on some of those actions, you know, us being eight in a three bedroom and like us sharing honey sandwiches, yeah. eight grown men sharing honey sandwiches. That's right. Yeah. Like that is a godlike aspect in the dark around candles. No tears. We are laughing. Right. Like that is a real godlike aspect. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. with George Floyd right now. That has been something that completely has shifted the world right now. Um, long overdue. And I mean, I don't know if you saw, but last uh, two days ago in Atlanta, we just lost another brother, Rashard Brooks. No, I didn't. I didn't. I did not know about that. Yeah. Uh, my old my old gas station and Wendy's just went up in flames last night. The one that I was just telling you about, in a three bedroom. Yeah. Our gas station, University App and Pryor just burnt down last night. That's crazy. How are you coping? How are you dealing with everything that's going on right now? Obviously, you've you've seen these for you've seen this these patterns for a while, and in the position you are now, you are able to take action in a in a very structural way, where you can actually really see change and aim for change. So, it's two questions: How are you dealing with things right now? What is your perspective, and how are you looking to move forward as a community leader? I mean, um, and that question right there to me is the solution of, or from my solution of why I, you know, decided to get saved again, you know, and give my life over. Um, You know, what we're asking right now for our community leaders, I think is to be bigger than just human beings. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I I really, you know, with God giving me this platform with a couple of these um, next steps that we have, I don't really have the luxury to fold like a regular human. I really have to, carry myself, my team, our ideals. So something that we can only symbolize is perfection 
And I think the only thing that we could all gravitate around with perfection is, you know, understanding a spiritual concept of it like Christ. So, you know, mm. none of the things that I'm going to do is going to have like you might you might not see a quote from Christ. You might not see the little fish. None of that. Um, but I guarantee when you ask about our business principles, um, is the yeah. dream like a company that we can give our last dollar to and know that every single penny is being utilized the proper way? Yes, because they're going to be moving with Christ-like principles. Do I believe yeah. that the Dream Pack is going to be able to make you know um, a sustainable impact on an environment for hundreds and thousands of years to come? Yes, yeah. because they are moving like Christ does, right? Yeah. Um, so you know that's the reason why I realized that okay, if this is really going to happen. Then I have to give myself away. Um, yeah. I have to operate on a higher plane, and there has to be a completely different set of principles that are guiding um, my morals. Um, and my checks and balances. That night that I called you, and I really want to want to talk about that because I think it was such a crazy experience. And let's just get to it, man. I want to uh, give my my side of it, and then your side of it because it's two different sides, and they both develop differently. So one night, <laughs> so no, but it, it's actually very serious. It starts. It's it, it, it is a very serious thing. So, so that night. Um, I saw the George Floyd video and I hadn't watched it for, I think it, it had happened like on a, on a Monday or Tuesday or something. And I watched it till like a Thursday, I don't know, Wednesday, two days later. And I just like many people, I was like, man, I don't, I'm not going to watch this. It's, we just see it over and over again. I don't want to see death anymore. Right. Like, I just don't want to see it. And, um, and sure enough, you're on Facebook and uh boop. and i was like well we're here let me watch it so i watched it and immediately started to get angry and just very uncomfortable and then by the end of it after seeing eight minutes and 40 some seconds of this man um with his knee on another man that essentially caused him to uh to die i was extremely bothered and Normally, what would happen in the past is you tune out, you're angry, you're upset, and you keep it moving. For me, being completely transparent, just keep it moving. So much content. This time around, I couldn't shake it. And I do believe it's the sensitivity of Christ in me. It was just different. I, it, just, it just hurt differently. And so I got down on my knees. I prayed. I said, God, I need you to tell me what's going on. I don't need the media to tell me what's going on. I don't need a Facebook to tell. I don't need those comments to tell me what's going on. I don't need nobody to tell me what's going on right now, but you. We have this relationship and I need to know. And I know you want me to know because in his word, he sees you knock and I'll answer. You seek and you will find. And so I'm knocking on his door like, hey, I need to know. And so he started downloading a bunch of things. At the end of it, I was like, uh, I felt the spirit tell me, you have to share this with two specific people. You were one of them. So I said, okay, it was like 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. And I was like, man, maybe I'll just call him in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Business hours, you know? And it was like, no, like I have to, I have to get this out right now because I have, we have to talk. So I called you, we get on the phone. I start telling you everything that God began to download, right? And it started with like the two great commandments. Like what are the two great commandments? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like it started there. That's what God first started to download. Then it went to, to uh, generational curses and that the officer had a past. George Floyd had a past, right? And that led them to that point, right? Then the Lord started to speak to me about um, what, what can we do? 
what can you do? Like the question, what can you do arrived? And then the, the, the thought process of like, oh yeah, we can teach people better or we can get more degrees, right? Or, or we can get more degrees and get people out of jail, put people in jail, change laws and all. Yeah, you could do all of that. And then it came down to, that's cool, but people's heart is still going to be the same. Laws help, structure helps, but if people's hearts are not changed, we're still going to see outrageous things. So I shared all of this with you, and uh, um, that's that was the night that I was like, "Bro, I, do you want to give up your life to Christ?" Because I feel right now He's calling He's calling people to be leaders so that He can bring justice through them, right? And I was like, specifically Black Americans right now that need justice. The Lord wants to bring justice, and so. Um, it's beautiful to even hear you talk about structure because I'm like, we're both on the same page where it's it's bigger than us humans, right? Once you're going out in the field, you're fighting against uh, principalities. You're you're fighting against darkness, right? Um, evil. And so that happened. You accepted Jesus that night. And then explain to me what happened afterwards because this is your half, uh, the yeah. second half is yours. So I came, I delivered this message that I felt yeah. the Lord wanted me to speak to you. That message, right? and, and we said, all right, here yeah. you go. Like, all right, that's good. That was Thursday. Yeah, that was Thursday. There you go. Friday, I went to the marches, you know, the protests. And, you know, I mean, I've gone to the protests since, I mean, my whole family is just, you know, very, you know, we're, we're pro about that, right? Um, so I'm at the protests. And I'm actually there with, you know, my second heartbeat, you know, um, my girlfriend Chandler. Right. And things start getting a little bit tense, like, you know, things are getting thrown. And I remember being like, all right, I know I can do this. I'm not sure if, you know, this is a good environment for her. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of variables. And around that time, I had a good friend call me. He was like, hey, you know, I see you're out there at the protest and, you know, you have a lot of weight on your shoulders you know he understands like my uh capacity for empathy yeah he's like i actually have a shaman who's in town right now and uh he's doing like these uh you know a retreat you know uh, an ayahuasca retreat which is a very intense drug right yeah. takes about 10 hours generally and then like followed up with another thing called changa and just for clarity this is a hallucinogen so yeah these are hallucinogens. These yeah are hallucinogens. Right. And also for clarity that um I've been sober for, I mean, like 16 months now. Right. So like, yeah, I haven't touched anything for a while. You know, but he calls me. He's like, yeah, I got this shaman. And, you know, this was something I've always wanted to just, you know, tap into. Right. Like, OK, let's let's see what's going on there. So, you know, we literally leave the protest probably 15 minutes before, like, you know, all bedlam breaks loose and, you know, things get set on fire. And then, you know, we're just sitting there with a shaman and we do a, a, my first ayahuasca trip. And we're in a room, of, you know, 20 people. Yeah. Uh, and it's a whole process. You blow, you know, it's like uh, it's called snuff up your nose and it like gets your equilibrium right. Then you drink this roux that coats your stomach. Uh, and it's about a three hour process before you even take the ayahuasca because it really is a ceremony. You're actually at a location that is designated only for this. And so then, like, you know, we take the ayahuasca, right? After, you know, I've been really, uh, you know, transformed into, you know, giving my life over to God just a few days ago. And I'm at, like, peak of just winning, right? So I take 
dive off. And I'm like, all right, God, like, let's see what this trip is about. And I take the first cup. And so there's everybody else in the room. Maybe about eight minutes goes by and everybody starts throwing up. That's a normal thing. On ayahuasca, you're supposed to throw up all your impurities, right? Yeah. So I throw up, right? Get the impurities. And then you're supposed to go straight into the trip, right? Like, and it's supposed to be mind blowing, right? Yeah. Um, but I take mine and like nothing happens, right? So I'm just like sitting there and I'm very used to hallucinogens, right? Like in my back, in my past, bro, like me and hallucinogens, like good. <laughs> so like I'm sitting there and I'm like, huh, right? Like nothing's happening. Everybody around me is tripping their faces off. People are throwing up, screaming, crying. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, and so the shaman comes up to me and he's like, Oh, like you didn't tell me that you had done this before. Like I would have, you know, given you something else. I was like, I've never done this before. Like, I don't know what's happening. So he gives me another cup, right? He's like, All right, like you're gonna take this, but just be prepared. So I drink another cup and it's like three hours into it at this point. Right now, mind you, you are in a room that is like the size of like a living room yeah. with 22 other people who are out of this world. Like they're, they're literally insane right now because they're on a drug, you know, yeah. I'm just sitting there just like looking around like what is happening, you know? So another three hours goes by, nothing happens. Um, and then probably around hour six, that's when he gives me his third cup. And this is a cup straight from his personal, like, you know, mm, right. Here you go. He's like, <laughs> the yeah. secret weapon. He told me, he's like, look, I'm going to give this to you. And it's not the right thing to do, but it's going to work. It's just going to really be way too intense at first. So, you know, take it. So I, I take the third cup and like, I start getting it, but like, I don't, nothing really hits me. Nothing really hits me, right? It's like this punishment. So like eventually me and God started talking and this is when I start like getting some of the feelings and God's just like, look, there's really no outside. Like there's no miracles that happen outside of me. You know, this is all like what I'm going to be allowing to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm saying in my head, right? So the whole trip goes by and maybe I get like small effects, but I mean, I'm right next to, people who are having life-changing experiences and God is just sitting me in this and it's just like, nah, this isn't for you. Right. Mm. Um, and then, you know, like the next day, like we do this Changa session and we smoke DMT. Right. And this thing like releases your dreams while you're awake. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we, we do this Changa and that's when like, I finally start having my conversation with God and, um, it's just him telling me, like, look, all of this is nonsense. You know, like what I've given you is the masterpiece. Right. And, you know, I want you to walk forward with that masterpiece. Right. And get out of this. Right. That's what he's telling me. Right. I'm like, all right, cool. Right. I had that little trip, but still nothing major. That night. Right. So this is hour 20. I've already done <laughs> ayahuasca <laughs> for hours. I've done changa for an hour. That mm -hmm. night. We finished it off by doing um, a quarter of shrooms, right? And it's supposed to be like the whole, you know? Yeah. And that night, man, God just came and grabbed me and was just like, you think this is a game? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And, uh, no, man, he was he was 100% serious. I mean, but... Um, what I, happened with the colors? Remember, I remember you yeah. telling me about the colors. So, yeah, in the Chandra trip, right? There's... yeah. I'm having this argument with God because God is showing himself to me 
in all white. But for some reason, I want God to show himself in purple. So <laughs> we keep on having this argument, me and God. And God is like, bro, white is perfect, man. And I'm like, nah, I like purple. And then eventually, like, there's this noise that's going off because there's always a shaman around you. And so he starts hitting this bell and it's like, ding. But in my state of insanity, that ding is the perfect sound for purple, right? Yeah. And me and God both understand that this noise is obviously a purple noise. But God shows it to me in white again, right? God yeah. shows that noise that I thought we had a conversation about is going to be in purple. He shows it in white. And um, it was actually a really big breakthrough for me in that time. And I know this sounds trippy if you've never been in that type of mind frame, but it was just this acceptance. God is going to give me the masterpiece no matter what I ask for. So, you know, within that last like trial, you know, he showed himself in white with shades of purple um, that sort of showed that he is the all knowing. All right. My small lane might be purple, it might be correct, but it doesn't mean that I understand that, you know, the total, uh, you know, palette of yeah. colors going on in the world and so like yeah that happened and that was an amazing thing and then you know that night we ended up being in a place that looked like i was in noah's ark it was all wood and, and but wait 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 before you move on from that point though okay. um because I, I also people could twist this when you okay. say when you say white right like I feel, I feel in my heart there could be a lot of people would be like, see, that's the problem, white America. Yeah. But white symbolizes purity. White has, yeah, it was just solid light, really. Right. And, you know, a lot of people that encounter um, have those radical encounters with God, right? Whether it's through dreams, whether it's that they died and in the process of them being dead and then coming back to life in that little time, they go to heaven or they go to hell. Like there's many testimonies on that. And what they see in heaven is essentially white, but it's not just a white. It's like a pearl. It's like this, this a pure concrete, um, not concrete. Um, there's another verse like marble, right? Yes, there you go. Marble-esque white. That is, is the brightest. It's pure light. Right. That's incredible. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about that light, then you could also think about how ignorant it would be for someone to be asking for purple when you're seeing the yeah. greatest color in the entire world. A color that you can only metaphorically explain as white. Right? Yeah, exactly. But it's not even white. And a person is sitting there from the bottom being like, boo, I <laughs> purple. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the insanity of it, but that is the human condition. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful yourself that you're always one step away from being ready to do the next thing right yeah. you're always looking for purple when like this universe is come on absolutely masterfully made yeah. right um there's no mistakes in this universe that's the craziest thing about it there's not one mistake made and so yeah like you know within that um you know it, it ended up just being like an, an entire weekend that was just a shortened version of my life you know, yeah, an abridged version of me being like radical and out of control and trying to rebel yeah. against a very open pathway for me. And so, you know, towards the end of that trip was when I contacted you again and was like, no, we're going to do this again. I'm going to re-give my life over and I'm going to do it with a different understanding, right? Um, an understanding that just has a lot more facets to it and how I want to implement in the reality, like that entire weekend was really spent building the dream pack. In the Bible, it says when um, that you are a follower of Christ, the, the, 
you know, like the, the ultimate thing that you have to do is to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. I truly believe that that night when we had that conversation, you confessed with your mouth and you believed in your heart. And I think a lot of people downplay that. If you confess with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, God goes to work. And the thing is, is that, and I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the first time that I said it because, you know, obviously it's still all the exact same journey. But the first time that I was like, look, I'm ready to get my life over, right? That was just, I was saying it. But then, you know, after the revelations of, you know, somebody who's been through, you know, 14 years of addiction and alcoholism, getting completely sober and then going way extreme with that. And then really just being able to sit down and look at myself and be like, oh, this is a really simple concept if God is asking me to grasp this. Like being Christ-like has nothing to do with some white man who has like 1970s rock and roll hair, right? Um, You know, being Christ-like is exactly as I said earlier. It's, you know, giving out free food. You know what I'm saying? When you have the resources, it's asking, it's caring, it's living like christ it's living like christ it's simple like christ so when i woke up the next morning i mean you talked about it i mean that's when i really as people are hearing this christian side i want you to understand how my mind is working i'm not just looking at the bible i'm looking at the bible and i'm also looking at ray DeLeo's book principles you know which you know helps create one of the largest you know um financial like funders like you know in the world it's the exact same thing right it's like you'd be asinine Right. To look at all of these steps of success. Right. And think that you are so above that. Right. That you can circumvent these things. Yeah. Right? When there's a very simple, simple pathway to just be like, look, if I do this, I know that these results are done. And at this point, I've tapped out. And I've had to do that multiple times in my life. I had to do that with addiction. I had to do that with alcoholism. I've had yeah. to tap out and be like, oh, no, that's not me. No, nah, y'all got that. You know what I'm saying? I leave that to you. And so you have to do the same thing with Christ in certain times. I realize I am not man enough to run the dream pack by myself. Mm. Right. I it's humility. Yeah. A yeah. human being with the access to the amount of money we are, are going to have access to bring in the amount of resources as a human is very corruptible. But if we create these principles and we have principles that are uncorruptible, that are, that are mm. structured in cement. Come right. On. Yeah. And only so much I can do to fail. Right. I have everything resting on the, like, the best person possible. Bro, what you're saying is so powerful because a lot of the times as humans, and you see it time and time again through the Bible from the start, from Adam and Eve, is that we believe we're right. And we believe in our capacity and what we can do. And like, it's about us and what I think it's right, which is where I think a lot of people go wrong. That's one of the reasons why I failed in my, let's say my last relationship, right? Of six years, because I had this basic understanding of what a good relationship was. And it was super tainted. I didn't have no basis for it, even in Mm -hmm. business as well too, like how to treat people or how to help people. I'm thinking, you know, if I create a media platform, that's going to create income. And then because of I have income, then I can create this to help people that that's how really I'm helping people. And really, you're missing the heart issue. You can give people opportunities. And God revealed this to me. You can give opportunities. You can give people breaks. You can put food on the table. You can do all of these things. But if you're not addressing the heart issues, are you really making a change? If you're taking a kid from the hood and you're saying, okay, we're going to give you um, 
you know, some tools to be able to learn. But then he doesn't understand humility. If he doesn't understand how to remove resentment, right? If he doesn't understand how to attack uh, that anger that he carries because of the system, right? If he doesn't understand how to deal with that depression, right? With that trauma, everything is superficial. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for you, bro, because like I said, you are one of the smartest guys I know. I know you truly, 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 truly care for the community. Um, and like you said, now having, building that base in Christ, you know what I mean? I do believe that what you're saying when, with, with the Dream Pack, having a million dollars coming in, I believe it. I know it's going to happen. But more importantly, I know that you're not going to... Um, um, you're not going to be tainted by the money. I also like it just goes back and these are on the small things. But, you know, while I had a chance to say it, it's the same reason why I will humbly receive someone telling me that I'm intelligent. But you will never hear me, you know, just speak on my intelligence because the reality of it is like if we can just be the best reflection of, you know, all of the good things coming around us. Right. Then you always come out sounding like pure light. So, yeah, I have a lot of conversations where people are saying, man, Brandon is extremely intelligible. But all I'm doing is constantly bringing in references from people like yourself, people like Jolly, people like my like everyone at once. And I just constantly am using that to be like, okay, if this is what God has given me, this is what I can give back out in this conversation. This is what I can give back out in this perspective. You know, yeah. um, so like it started just showing like how we're going to be operating as a whole. Yeah. We are not the best company. I am not the smartest person, but I guarantee a couple of the principles that we're going to institute is going to have a great you know, result for everybody and you know, a part of us. You've been in this world for how long? 31, 33. Wait, no, 30. 30. Oh, I'm about to say. OK, 30. <laughs> yeah. You've been yeah. in this world for 30 years, man. You've experienced a lot. You've been uh, homeless. You've done, you've gone into different career paths. You've been in different states, right? Like you've lived in different places. I've met you here in Maryland. And so you've experienced a lot with everything going on right now. What can you tell the youth specifically? Let's, let's go specifically Black American, right? What can they do to be able to um, start moving towards uh, a change? in what's happening right now? What will you um, be their advice? Yeah, I mean, this this is really simple advice and I'm still working it out. The whole meditation, the whole movement is, I'll try again. If you really look at the word try and you looked at how it's used in sentences and like how it could be interchangeable, the only word try is ever really used with is connect. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like try this, taste this or connect with this, you know? Or, I oh, mean, yeah, I'm thinking about trying that next. Right. It's like you're asking for connection. Right. When you're asking someone to try. And yet I think that in our society, we're constantly overlooking the, you know, the godlike qualities in trying. And we just want hey, what did that do? You know, we're only looking at hey, man, like if you try and do this, man, you better get that million dollars where it doesn't work. Or if you guys are going to be doing protesting, it better make it to where no black man ever again gets killed or, you know, you're your causes for nothing. But I'm telling you, right? Trying, that is the actual connection. If we look like into the Bible and like we're talking about most godlike moments, it's all about connection. When you're praying, you are tapping in. You are connecting with God, right? Yeah. That is another example of trying. Like as we are all looking at where we are in life, all I want you to do is just reframe some of your understanding of trying 
and realizing that that is the most godlike quality that you have. So every single morning that you wake up and you are willing to give something a genuine try, that is the only thing that's going to give you a result. And that's wow. the only thing that's going to keep us pushing along. So I don't care what you do, bro. I like people hated the Instagram blackouts. I loved it. People hated um, celebrating Obama's birthday on Trump's. I love it. I don't care what you do as long as you're trying, because that means I know you're doing something godlike in that moment and we can figure out everything else after. I wanted to show you something. I, I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen what's happening at the site of George Floyd at this moment? No. Okay. So this yeah. is from the Christian Post. It says, baptisms, <laughs> miracles taking place in a revival site where George Floyd died. These are all people accepting Jesus. And is a preacher from Kenya, I believe. Um, yeah, here, check this out. That is... Wild to see that that's the neighborhood that George Floyd was killed in. This is what it's about. Baptisms. That's amazing. Crazy, and, crazy, crazy. And at the exact same time, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love that. But, you know, I'm not taking away any of the power from those who are going out and, you know, protesting and fighting. Oh, come on now. Um, you know, it's all like it's all trying. You know, right? In the exact same way I see God in that, I still see God in, you know, five, six-year-old kids holding, you know, I want to live posters. Right? Yeah. Um, these are all the exact same acts and each of these is really touched by like, you know, divine interpretation. Yeah. I think with, with protest, with, what happens with protest, I think we need to see more of that in protest as well. You know what I mean? Because again, there's a lot of people in protest dealing with heart issues, right? Um, dealing with resentment, dealing with generational pain. And so when we see that anger manifest into what it does, who am I to say that's wrong, right? Because I don't know that pain. So I'm not condemning that action of burning down something because I don't know what that pain feels like. But having somebody there that can also, even if they fail, it's about trying to just say, hey, there is a solution for that pain. There is a way to deal with that pain. Let me tell you about Jesus, right? And even if you fail, right? And if that person is like, man, I don't want to hear that. Cool. But now they, they've heard it. They've heard that Jesus loves them and that there is an answer. So I love what you're saying about trying because yes, that applies to everything. I want to I wanna leave off with something and then I want to let you also say your last words. I want to leave off with the Great Commission. That's something that the Lord put in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what's happening in that site right now. So the Great Commission in Matthews 28, 19. This is the last verse on the book of Matthews. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I believe that there's businessmen out there that are following this command. I believe that there's community leaders like yourself that are following this command. There's um, people like me in, in the content creation aspect of it, videographer. 
that are following this command. I believe we're going to truly, truly, truly see a revival in the world through people like yourself and others who are picking up uh, the call and saying, you know what? I know I have a great calling over my life, but I know that I can't do it by myself. And so, Lord, help me. What do you want me to do? And so I'm excited. Any last words, bro, for the people? Um, Yeah, man. Uh, Real simple last words, man. You know, I heard somebody actually i think it is uh my pastor from uh impact and uh, he said man thank god i don't look like what i've been through right mm. and so you know while i'm sitting here don't get me wrong i know i am some man you know i know i sound real intelligent right now you know but in reality like you know like trials and tribulation are are extremely real and I'm sitting here as a example of what happens when you're able to restructure, refocus, put your mind on, you know, the right things and, you know, the person above us. I just know I've been the viewer looking at somebody like myself saying there is no way this nigga knows anything about me. And I guarantee you, man, like reach out, man. These are real stories, man. These are this is real life. And every single one of us has the opportunity to make a huge change. So I challenge y'all, you know. Make your own story.